0: Hi, my name is Pete Scazzaro. I want to welcome you today to the Emotionally Healthy Leader Podcast. Our theme today is the key to address our church scandal crisis, part one. That is the key to address our church scandal crisis, part one. Now, I've been thinking about this potential podcast for over a year and a half, making notes, wondering if perhaps I did have something to say about this very large issue. It's been going on for 45-plus years since I became a Christian, uh, people often think it's happening much more so now. Uh, That's actually not the case, and it's not just a United States issue or a Western church issue. It's actually a global issue. I purposefully contacted, for example, uh, some leaders from around the world, as well as Christian study centers that study the global church and track it, and to go beyond mere antidotes to uh, actually—you know, they've documented— the terrible scandals that have done damage to the name of Jesus and the mission of Jesus in churches in Asia and Africa and Latin America as well. The unique feature, I think, in this historical moment is uh, social media and global communications and news media and outlets that uh, are able to communicate so widely and rapidly, but also who are feasting on the glaring integrity gaps within us as the church we claim to be, of course, the temple of the Holy Spirit and speak for a holy God and we're the body of Christ. We claim to be a counterculture. That that's the hope of the world. And yet the the breach of integrity that we don't live it, uh, it's just great gossip for people and uh, very easy, of course, to slander the name of Jesus. Now, for some Christians, uh, even leaders, that's fueled a, a cynicism. Yeah, you can't trust the church as an institution, Others say, well, that could never be us. Well, that's also its own problem, of course. But then uh, I think for most uh, that I speak with, the question is, you know, people say, how's the church doing? How am I doing? Uh, And most leaders that I talk to are self-assessing, paying attention to maybe what are the gaps in the way that we're doing church, the way we're doing leadership formation. And they're asking questions like, is there anything we can do to head off uh, and stop this kind of crises, these consistent, unceasing church scandals uh, among us. Now, we all have a vested interest in this. Even if you're not a lead pastor or a pastor or a board member, uh, we're all in this. Uh, And you want to understand it just like I do, so we can encourage and support the wider body of Christ. And uh, one day you may find yourself in a position of significant leadership and power Uh, But you want to pay attention now, all of us, on a small scale, this applies to every ministry, large and small and any size church, because it relates to how we steward uh, what God has given us, how we steward our power uh, that Jesus entrusts to us for his sake. The question is, how do we, or how can we address the church scandal crisis? And I call this the key, because the key, as I see it, is to cultivate spiritual Depth in both the boards, the boards, and the pastors, especially the lead pastors and leadership teams. Scandals reveal that there's not uh, enough good training, solid training, and development for our boards or our leaderships. So I'm going to expound on the leadership and the pastoral segment in part two of this podcast next week. Uh, but again, you may not be in either one of those roles. Uh, but what I share will be good for you, as you are part of a community. And specifically, you may want to send this to your this podcast to your board and, and or your lead pastor. So there's three parts of what I want to touch on today. The first is I want to begin by providing a, a bit of biblical perspective that Jesus gives us uh, that I think provides context for the moment in which we're living. The second, I want to talk briefly, very briefly, about the role of the board. Uh, in in churches or parachurch ministries? And thirdly, what is the training uh, that can cultivate uh, spiritual depth uh, in boards that are leading our churches and ministries? So again, I'm going to be speaking specifically in the context of a local church, but of course it applies to parachurch, nonprofits. Uh, However, there of course are some differences. So for a bit of biblical perspective, I'm going to draw from uh, Matthew 24 and Mark 13, where Jesus speaks about uh, the end of history, the end of time, and he says, "I've told you. I'm telling you this ahead of time." Uh, he says, "Externally, there's going to be things are going to crumble. You're going to see, and, and, you're going to see earthquakes and famines and wars and rumors of wars and a fear of events spiraling out of control." Uh, and every every era of history has had that, uh, but he says, especially towards the end, uh, and he says, "Such things must happen. It's actually part of God's plan. So don't be alarmed." He says, these are just the beginning of birth pangs. They're contractions in God's plan uh, of anguish before there's going to be a, a great moment where uh, there's going to be a whole new beginning at the end of history of Jesus coming in a new heaven and a new earth. But he goes, not just externally, there's going to be lots of things to be alarmed about, like wars and famines and earthquakes. He goes, inside the church, things are going to crumble as well. And uh, he speaks about uh, in these this passage about the end times, about there's going to be Teachers, or false teachers at the end of time who are going to deceive many people. And, and the word they're actually in the Greek is going to lead people off track, away from Jesus. And then he goes, All nations uh, are, going to, are going to hate the church because of me. And he speaks about a worldwide uh, persecution, a worldwide pressure uh, that's going to come against the church that's going to cause uh, many people, he says, to actually fall away. Uh, people are kind of just hanging on to the church. He says are going to be going to drop out. They're going to be dislodged. Kind of, you know, uh, you know, attending church can be. There's so many perks and benefits of attending church, right? Just community, a fellowship. My life is better. I'm learning so many things. Uh, it's even very popular. But he says even enthusiastic converts towards the end is going to be such pressure and tribulation is the word he uses uh, that all those personal perks are going to be gone, and uh, a lot of people are going to are going to leave. Uh in fact he says at that time many will turn away from the faith and betray and hate each other because of the increase of wickedness, the love of most will grow cold. But he who stands firm to the end will be saved. And, and so it's interesting, not only is the world going to be against the church, but it's actually that large portions within the church will be against the church. Uh and that there's going to be an exposure of that which is despicable within the church will, will, will be seen. And people will say, Let me get out of this lie. Uh but for Jesus, it's like no—that's uh, for many people who are not personally devoted to the person of Jesus, and and but those devoted to Jesus are going to suffer loss, and no one likes being on a losing team. And the word he uses there is thalipsis, or intense pressure. So the word of Jesus in Matthew twenty-four is, and in Mark thirteen is, be calm. We're to be the calmest people on the block. Uh, emotional stability. We're not to be overwhelmed by external agonies nor internal agonies. And Jesus says, I've told you everything ahead of time. But then he says uh, in in Mark 13, 34, do your assigned task. Be about what I've given you to do, even if the love of many around you may be growing cold. And then he says, it's going to be a great move of God at the end of history because at the same time, the gospel of the kingdom is going to be preached to the whole world as a testimony of the nations, and then the end will come. So again, a little bit of perspective. We are in the last days. What does that mean? The world is what 13.8 billion years old. Uh, The the last days began at Pentecost. These 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 two thousand years we've been living in here since Pentecost, and uh, it's a very brief moment in time. A day is like a thousand years is like a day, and uh, so let's not be surprised. Jesus telling us ahead of time. So again, perspective. So, but the reason for this part, one of this podcast, is the cultivation of spiritual depths of our boards, is because. Boards have ultimate authority, legally and spiritually, for a community, for a ministry, for a church. So, Just a a brief comment on on the role of boards. There's two extremes of how boards are are, 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 are approached or how they approach their, their role. Some boards just say, well, one extreme is we just exist to support the lead pastor. He or she is the anointed one. God's called them. God's using him or her to build this. And we just want to love them and support them. That's one extreme. Don't ask any questions. The other extreme is uh, we have to control and run the whole ministry because we can't trust the person leading. until so there's a caution, there's a disempowering, there's an overreaction. That's the other extreme. Um, boards are important. One, they, they spread leadership weight and they serve to protect the flock and provide uh, a power spread, but also a discernment. Listen, I'm an entrepreneurial visionary leader, uh, but I love uh, being under authority. I love being under authority. I love feeling protected. I'm aware of my limits and blind spots. So a lead pastor of a church is a member of the board, hopefully, but also under the board, uh, reporting to the board. So I I think in an ideal setting, a board's role, the overall objective is a board stewards the unique mission and, and contribution of a local church or ministry in her mission. They're stewarding the gifts, resources, people, the grace God's put in that ministry and calling on it. And they steward it. So some specific functions that that includes, for example, are, you know, board members are, are listening to the Holy Spirit. And I've actually pulled this. I pulled out our, uh, when I was lead pastor, I pulled out our church board role description, and actually even, even our parachurch, EH Discipleship, you know, and I kind of just combined some major themes of what boards do. Uh, I think a healthy role is, okay, they Listen, they listen, to the board listens to the Holy Spirit. Number one, discerning God's particular unfolding of their mission through the church and guarding the overall health of the church in the process. I think secondly, a board shepherds and provides direction and feedback for the lead pastor, uh, doing annual reviews of that lead pastor. Uh, Thirdly, they give input on the strategic plan and goals of the church uh, and objectives, and they ensure the strategy reflects the values and mustard seed uh, radical way of Jesus. Uh, I think fourthly, a uh, board supports the leadership team, the overall pastoral or volunteer leadership team, ensuring their success, approves key policies that are initiated by leadership and affirms new ministries and positions as they're recommended by the lead pastor and others. So the, the, so those are some thoughts and, uh, and broad strokes of, of a board role, but let, let's get to how do I train then a board? Uh, how do I cultivate spiritual depth of a board, uh, which is so essential uh, now in most boards uh, basically you say a quick prayer how are you, a little connection time and then you gotta get to the real work because there's so many major issues there's so many challenges there's so many crises that are coming to a typical board and there's so little time uh, and, and so there's even limited time to actually even pray together um, so uh, cultivating the idea of cultivating spiritual depth or training uh, is really peripheral to most boards So I want to give you a vision here uh, that there is so much at stake if we do not find and create and carve out the time to train and develop uh, our boards. Now remember, don't underestimate how hard it is, how difficult it is to serve as a board member. It requires great maturity, great wisdom, uh, great integrity. Why? Because stewarding a flock of people, I don't care if that flock of people is 20 or 50 or 100 or 500 or 5,000 uh, or even more. It's stewarding a flock of people, their time, their energy, their families, all this money and history that belongs to Jesus. Now it got there. And one needs to be prayerful. Board members need to be prayerful and able to ask hard questions. If, if a board member is afraid, if you're afraid to ask a question, that is the question you need to ask. Uh, if you can't say no or disagree uh, in a kind way, respectful way, and speak up, that's a problem. That's a training issue. Uh, board members need to be able to follow through when a person does or says something inappropriate that's not in line with 1 Timothy 3 the, or, or, or the values of, of the ministry. they got to be discerning. They've got to understand power. Uh, uh, they understand humility. have to understand dual roles. Uh, you see, as, a, as a, a board member, yet they're overseeing the pastor. Um, and so the person, So, but they're on the board member. I'm, the, in a sense, the the supervisor, overseer of the pastor. So the question is, I'm in a dual role here uh, with the pastor. And so the question is, and, and, and as a board member, the primary role of a board member is to be a board member. Uh, yes, it's a servant leadership position. Uh, but... it it changes when you become a board member because of the nature of the power you're now wielding. And so board members also need to be highly differentiated. um, Able to stay connected but really clear about who they are. So they're they're free from their false selves. And because it takes such courage uh, to hold accountable people you love and to, uh, to sometimes say difficult things to the church or make difficult decisions. So you need training on how to have those hard conversations. So Again, you're going to have to figure out how do we carve the time out for some of this training I'm going to mention here. Uh, it may be retreats that you go on, maybe uh, once a quarter or twice a year. Uh, maybe you're going to meet twice a month instead of once a month. Uh, I know some that meet every week. Uh, maybe you've got to delegate some areas uh, of discussion that normally might take place at a full board meeting that you delegate it to subcommittees who give a report. Uh, again, you have to sort all those details out. But the key is... Finding time for training and development. So so what are a couple of things I can do? And I'm asked this often. What are one or two things I can do to specifically help cultivate spiritual depth in our board? So let me give you uh, one uh, simple step, uh, I think a clear step, and then a second which is larger and would require probably uh, longer, I guess, a retreat time or training times for you. So The first is to add to your meetings uh, for maybe a 45-minute period uh, each month you meet or each time you meet and study the book, The Emotionally Healthy Leader, chapter by chapter. In fact, I wrote the book with this in mind. Uh, And the book is actually devoted to high-level leadership questions uh, for pastors and leaders and boards. Uh, And the first segment of the book is about the inner life of the leader. Uh, And the second section of the book is about the outer life of leaders. And the point is that everything in the outer life flows from a deep inner life. So the first chapters are about, one, face your shadow. Second is lead out of your marriage or singleness. Third is slow down for loving union with Jesus. And the fourth is practice Sabbath delight. Those are inner life issues. And uh, and then these inform how we do the outer work of leadership uh, or boarding or being a board member, which is. Planning and Decision Making, another chapter on that. Culture and Team Building, chapter on that. Power and Wise Boundaries, gigantic issue for boards. And then finally, Endings and New Beginnings. Every ministry is always dealing with endings and new beginnings. Uh, And so my invitation to you is take a half hour to 45 minutes as part of each meeting uh, over perhaps a year. That's nine meetings. Uh, There's a free discussion guide for you to download uh, just go to EmotionallyHealthy.org slash leader. That's EmotionallyHealthy.org slash leader. And you can freely you know, download the discussion guide. It'll, it'll give you plenty to, for a discussion. Everyone reads the chapter beforehand. You come together and someone facilitates that discussion. And again, you can do that as part of your monthly meetings or bi-monthly meetings. It's a fantastic way to begin to develop depth in your board beyond just making decisions. Uh, together. The second uh, invitation here for you to cultivate spiritual depth uh, is something I would encourage you to do in addition to discussing as a very base level, the Emotionally Healthy Leader book. And that is to engage in uh, three, at least three team or board transformational trainings together. And you share it together, and, and, and but this will then need to be done outside regular meetings because they take like an hour and an hour and 45 minutes. And you may want to have a, a day-long board retreat, for example, um, or take three uh, Saturday mornings or Sunday evenings. Maybe you want to meet once a quarter. Um, and here's the three themes I would deal with at each of these uh, training meetings. The first is uh, each board member developing deeper rhythms of being with Jesus— so that we're leading as boards out of the overflow of our slow down rhythms of being with Jesus. Uh, and, and specifically within this uh, training would be developing a rule of life that every board member develops, develops a rule of life. That is a trellis, a structure, uh, their unique combination of spiritual practices in light of everything else they've got going on to pay attention to God in everything they do. And it really comes out of Benedictine spirituality. Uh, the rule of St. Benedict in the 6th century uh, and dividing up one's life into prayer, rest, relationships, and work and sorting out how can I craft a life with Jesus at the center where I'm receiving his love and giving his love. Because if any folks need to be abiding in the overflowing love of Jesus, it's board members uh, because of the significance and the weight of that role. And so it, there's five practices uh, for slowing down for loving union, which got to be thought about within that rule of life. Silence, scripture meditation, uh, daily offices, that is stopping to be with Jesus two, three, four times a day. Which, uh, fourthly, the, a prayer of examine how I'm, I'm, I begin to exercise those discernment muscles of uh, how do I discern if this is the Holy Spirit? of you know, Is this consolation or is this desolation? The Holy Spirit leading me towards this direction or away from it? And then, of course, Sabbath keeping for a 24-hour period. So we, we make available this training uh, also free on our website. Uh, just go to EmotionallyHealthy.org slash team. That's EmotionallyHealthy.org slash team. And you'll see uh, uh, four transformational videos, one of which is crafting a rule of life. And I would encourage you, let it. I, I lead it for you. Uh, there's a there's PowerPoint. There's there's free handouts, uh, and it kind of leads you into spending time alone and then together talking about it. But it begins to give you a shared culture together. I was once invited to a a board in a crisis in a large church here in the United States, and the problem was, and they needed great discernment, uh, that the board were primarily uh, business people. Uh, folks who had a lot of experience building organizations uh, in the marketplace, but they had not been trained and developed in hearing God in listening for God. Uh, And so now that they were in this crisis, uh, it was very difficult. They were not equipped to do discernment or listening to God because they had not been doing listening to God for their own personal life. Uh, So the the gap of having that their own rule of life uh, was really seen at that point and did not end well uh, for them. And so I would encourage you to do that first, one of the first things that you you would do. I think you'll find it very, very helpful. And and I would encourage you, uh, maybe some of your readings that have been done done to actually share that rule of life with each other um, and the board. Again, creating a sense of shared history. The second thing I would do is a training within the board, Uh, again, this takes a bit of time, an hour and a half to two hours, and that is to own your own story and history uh, and its impact on your formation in Jesus and your leadership. Listen, if I only have a two-hour block of time and I'm with pastors and leaders or board members, uh, I will do a genogram with them. Uh, That is map out their family of origin over three to four generations and how it's impacted who they are today. Because... To have people in power on any role in a church who are unaware of how their past has impacted their present, uh, it's very dangerous. And so uh, one of our team transformational exercises that's available free on our website at emotionallyhealthy.org/ team is Genogram, uh, your family uh, as a leader, face your shadow um, and look at where there's been unhealthy patterns or ways of relating, uh, that are impacting you perhaps unconsciously and negatively in decision-making or in, your, in decisions you're making in, uh, as a leader in your following of Christ and how have you integrated your losses and earthquake events and your spiritual history into who you are today. So this issue of uh, facing your shadow or owning your story and history is critical for every uh, board member. Um, and so again, I'd like to take time for board members to share that with each other when possible uh, to create shared language, vulnerability, and again, culture. So again, that also can be found at emotionallyhealthy.org slash team. But a third, uh, I would say, indispensable uh, training for boards is to learn critical relationship skills in the new family of Jesus. We all come into our uh, discipleship with Jesus, uh, with ways of relating to others, especially in conflict and under stress, from our families and our cultures, but part of discipleship uh, is learning how to do relationships in the new family of Jesus, especially under stress. How do I speak clearly and respectfully and honestly? How do I have a How do I negotiate my differences and have a clean fight, not a dirty fight? How do I listen? How do I make a complaint with a request for change? How do I clarify expectations and stop mind reading? How do I get a hold of my value and not be a blamer of other people? And uh, and so that that's it's a whole course on that called the relationships course. But I but there's one again skill to start with called the community temperature reading. And again, if you go away for a retreat as a board, uh, you can use this as a, a a tool that we made available to get you started in doing some training with some spiritual depth for your board on the community temperature reading. Again, just go to emotionallyhealthy.org/team and you'll see one of the team. Uh, transformational videos is on the community temperature reading remember board level a board is a high level application of discipleship uh, for all of us and that's what makes it so critical that we're cultivating depth in our boards and so um again setting apart time in your meetings uh when you meet either bi-monthly or monthly uh to do some formation, do some training, as well as maybe going away for two, three times a year for a longer period of time to cultivate spiritual depth and development. Now, here's a little bonus for you. Uh, I have two friends who work with boards. One is uh, who's doing it today, and um, as part of his work, and uh, he's consulted with well, quite a few boards around the country. And I, I called him. I call both my friends. Uh, and the first one said, Pete, I want to encourage you, there's so many strong, good boards out there that I work with. And they far outweigh the few that have done poorly. They're not doing well. So he had a very encouraging report to me. And I and I would say that is true. I know many excellent boards out there that are doing really good work. And that is, is encouraging. And then I talked to another friend of mine who's in his late uh, 70s, who's worked well with over 100 to 150 boards over his lifetime. And um, he shared such an interesting tidbit, which I'll Leave with you to think about, and he says, Peter, I was going to uh, get to the epicenter uh, uh, of the whole of the core issue. He goes, You're right about boards. A uh, very few people train have training for boards, uh, and I would say, especially for the board chairperson, I would target that person for maturity. I thought that was so interesting. He goes, Why? Because they're in a sense screening and leading the other board members, and if you get the right board. Uh, they're going to be so discerning they're going to choose the right staff and pastor etc you want to develop a process to strengthen the board chair person how do you mature that person because if you affect him or her you're affecting everyone around them develop a series of questions he encouraged you know encouragement he goes they get a screening process as new people come on the board or join the the leadership team and update those questions a long time so along along the way i thought this was fabulous so enough for, for boards. And next week, we'll, we'll address uh, the key to address our church scandal crisis part two. And we're going to move from boards to, to cultivating spiritual depth in leadership teams. That will be the, the focus. So let me invite you to download that free discussion guide the, on the EH Emotionally Healthy Leader book for discussions. Uh, at, go to emotionallyhealthy.org leader. Uh, I think you'll find it very helpful. If you have any questions you want to send me uh, around boards uh, that you have, uh, please feel free to do so. Just send it to askpete at emotionallyhealthy.org. I'm aware this was a brief, hopefully a helpful introduction for you uh, around boards, but I know this was a lot to chew on. Um, I gave a lot of information, a lot of words here. I'd like to close with a minute of silence before the Lord. I, I love the church and I pray you do as well. Um, and you know, that you're, there's nothing more important in the world than that we have churches that are really exuding the light of and the beauty and the glory of Jesus for the world. And so uh, let's take a, a minute of silence and stillness before the Lord and uh, maybe open up your palms up towards heaven and Uh, Let's be still before him and uh, allow maybe any seeds that God has for you specifically out of this podcast to go deep into your heart uh, that it might bear much fruit for him. So let's begin. Thank you, everybody. It was so good to be with you as I'm sitting here in my office, and I pray God's blessing on you. Have a great day. Bye.